Well, hello there, you fabulous interior design professional. You are definitely in the right place. This is Business of Design, episode 280, The Tip of the Iceberg. I'm Kimberly Selden. I'm an interior design professional like you. Uh, life is pretty busy at our office these days. We have two installations this month. We finished one last month. Uh, nothing is quite as neat and tidy as we'd like it to be. There seem to be some dangling deficiencies due to supply chain issues, but we're plugging along and we're doing okay. And and actually, if I'm honest, it's really better than okay. It's been a pretty great couple of years. And why is that? Is it because COVID made everyone realize they needed a home that was more organized, more functioning, more beautiful? I think that's helped. But the truth of the matter is, none of that would have mattered if I wasn't already in a position where my business was set up to succeed, where my business was running on tried and true systems. Systems that aren't necessarily sexy sounding to a client, but that make the client experience so much better. And that got me thinking about the fact that so much of what I dreamed about when I was in design school having projects that were gorgeous and published in a magazine, or having clients who are super happy and love working with me, having a beautiful office, a brand, fabulous staff. So much of that is really surface level stuff. And unless there are powerful strategic systems running every area of my business, none of those amazing goals would matter. I started thinking about it like the tip of an iceberg. What you see above the water is a fraction, a tiny fraction of what's actually going on with the iceberg. It's the pretty shiny part because the sun is hitting it and it's glinting. And so the Titanic's rolling along, it sees the tip of an iceberg, but what's underneath the water is actually what's most important and what has created or produced the portion that's above the water. Now, things didn't go so well for the Titanic, but I want them to go really well for you. So we're going to talk about what's client-facing, what's team-facing, and how we can put our efforts and our focus into what's below the water so that what comes above the water, all those shiny, beautiful accolades and visions we have for our business will come true as a result of hard work, strategic work, and competent business practices that make us look like heroes. If that sounds good, you're in the right place. I'm going to say hello to Cheryl Horn first. She'll give us some announcements and then we'll jump right into the show. Thanks for being here, everyone. Hey, Cheryl. Hey, Kimberly. Uh, Well, the first event I'm actually going to mention isn't even until next year, but uh, it's definitely top of our list. You and Janine are headed to Australia, and I know that we've mentioned uh, that in passing on previous episodes, but it's finally up on the website, and uh, I think our members are as excited as you guys are because we've actually already gotten a few registrations, which is nice. So uh, in March 2023, uh, you're headed to Australia. We're doing a two-day intensive BOD 15. So 
They're going to be very busy days, uh, but you are going to walk through the full um, business of design 15-step project management strategy. Uh, we've teamed up with one of our Australian members, Jody Carter. So she's going to be able to weigh in on uh, the specifics. I know she's been on the podcast before talking about how these systems really do work even in Australia. And that event is going to be hosted by Boyd Blue in the showroom in Sydney. So please register early. Uh, we do have early bird pricing. Of course, members are going to save on those tickets as well. So full details are on the website. Of course, reach out to me at any time if you've got questions. Oh, I've got questions, really important questions like, what should I do when I'm in Sydney? What should be my day trips? Now, I've been to Australia before. I had just the most amazing, amazing adventure with my husband. We spent uh, several weeks there, but Janine has never been, and she's never seen a kangaroo. I don't want to go see a kangaroo in a zoo. So I'm wondering if there's someplace kind of near Sydney that we could get out into the wild and see some kangaroos. So all the Australians are rolling their eyes and like, seriously, you come all this way and that's all you talk about are the roos. But you do have to see it if you go to Australia. We're also following the event, which I don't know if Cheryl, did you say March? It's March 6th and 7th at Boy Blue. Following the event, we're heading down to the Great Barrier Reef, which I'm very excited about. So if you have any tips on what we should do there besides get in the water and snorkel, like where to stay, where to eat. Oh my gosh, design shops. Any design shops anywhere? I would love to see those too. Please, please, please let me know. Okay, I'm going to stop begging for myself now and we'll, we'll get back into things. But Cheryl, there's more. You've got more. Yes. Uh, coming up a little sooner, uh, our next BOD boss group we are getting ready to launch. We're so excited about this group. Uh, we do still have one spot left. We're, you know, we have a really solid group this year and we really want to make sure that, uh, you know, that last member is the perfect fit. So if you're still interested, there is still time to apply. Uh, if you want to ask questions before, you know, completing that application, by all means, reach out to me, uh, call me or email me. I'm available. So uh, again, boss group, one spot left. Make sure you head to the website for details. And last, I will mention that our next BOD live meeting is coming up on July 20th. And uh, I'm going to be moderating the conversation, but we do want this to be member led because we're going to be talking about project management software. I would say this is the biggest topic or conversation that happens in our private Facebook group. And there's so many programs out there. So many of our members have tried multiple programs before, you know, settling with the one that they love that works for them the best. So this is really an opportunity to ask questions of other members, um, learn from others, you know, the trial and error that they've already done to find out what works best for you. And of course, if you have a program that's working really well for you, we want you to share that too, so that others can benefit from your experience. So please join us July 20th uh, for BOD Live, where we'll be talking about project management software. And as always, details for all of these events, head to businessofdesign.com. Thanks. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the world's best business training for interior design professionals like you. We have the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to consistently satisfy clients, increase profitability, and run your projects like a boss. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results. Don't try to do this alone. 
Join today and you'll have access to hundreds of targeted training modules, plus member perks like BOD Live events, member-only podcasts, preferred pricing, and the support of an engaged community of peers. We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. BOD has recently been in discussions around how can we make the process of implementing simpler for members? How can we create the shortcuts that work, help people avoid the shortcuts that don't? And then just this week, Cheryl told us that there was a member who reached out. She hasn't been a member for very long, I don't think. And she wanted to know if there was a cheat sheet for the BOD 15, just a simple kind of one pager she could follow and uh, make her business run without having to spend the time to take the entire program, which is, I think, running total time is 20 hours. And we had a conversation about that, you know, because this particular member said she's looking for a more concise version. And one of the things we laugh about all the time is how completely concise I am. I don't like a lot of extra fluff. I try to get right to the point. And I think that that's really obvious when you're in the membership and you're watching a course. There isn't a lot of fat in there. And we know that because you guys have been so generous with your feedback. And uh, that's why we redid all the courses because we've learned a lot in the last 15 years. And we wanted to make sure the courses were more robust, more succinct, more concise, more to the point, all those things. And the fact of the matter is, there just is no shortcut, no shorter cut anyway, than following Business of Design 15-step project management strategy. And when I think about a tip of the iceberg, boy, that is a perfect example of the tip of the iceberg. So many people will come to us and say, oh yeah, they they know the steps because they've been listening to the podcast. And I think, oh, that's great. It's one thing to kind of know roughly the order that we use, but to really understand the systems that support you in your business is all that matters. It's what's under the surface of the water. So to this member and every other, I would say there's just no getting around the fact that you first have to understand what the structure of running a project is. And yes, that's the BOD 15. But then you have to implement everything that's required below the surface of the water. Otherwise, it's never going to happen for you. There is truly nothing shorter than becoming a business of design member to success. There there truly isn't. If there was, we would know about it and we would do it and we would implement it. As I said at the top of the show, you know, when I first started my business, I wanted happy clients and projects that were in magazines and, and a staff and a team and branding that was beautiful. And all of those things are wonderful goals. But recently, I am reading the book Atomic Habits. And by the way, we're going to have a BOD Live devoted to Atomic Habits in September. So I'll ask Cheryl to make that announcement next time. Anyway, I've been reading this book, and there's a line in the book that just bowled me over. And I have to share it now, even though we're not talking about the book until September. And it's this, that we don't rise to the level of our goals, a goal being a happy client, a beautiful project at a magazine, the perfect team, an A-team, a downtown office building, whatever it is. We don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall 
to the level of our systems. And oh man, that is my story in one line. I did not have systems to support me in reaching whatever goals I had. And the result of that is I would just fail at wherever my weakest link in a system was. And there were too many to count. So I failed often. I failed spectacularly. I don't think anyone's failed as often as I did in those first, you know, early days, which was about a decade. Oh gosh, that makes me sound like even a bigger loser than I I was. I'm not gonna say that I am, that I was. But when you know better, you do better, right? And now I know better. I said off the top of the show that I had an installation last month. I've got two this month. And what clients see at that point is a team that's kind of working harmoniously together, an A team that shows up when they're supposed to, they are respectful, they treat the home or the property with care and with love. And all of those things are wonderful. That's all client-facing stuff. What clients don't see is what makes all of that possible. They don't see all the systems, tools, strategies, protocols that we follow rigorously that allow us to meet or exceed their expectations when that's required. For example, we talk about an A-team at Business of Design all the time. You can have wonderful quality trades They still need you, the business owner, to direct them efficiently and effectively, right? I was having this conversation with someone recently that I was coaching. She was frustrated because her contractor didn't do what she wanted him to do. And I said, well, did you explain to him what you needed? And she said, yes, but he didn't do it. I said, well, then you didn't explain it accurately or you didn't impress it upon him enough. And she was really surprised by that. She was kind of uncomfortable with that. Well, he screwed up. She didn't screw up. And I'm like, unless he really understood what you wanted him to do exactly, and you had him repeat that back to you so everyone was clear, I'm not so sure he messed up. I would much more likely look at myself as being the reason things went awry. Did I explain it enough? Did I give him enough information? Was I clear? Am I sure he heard me? Like, isn't that a thing on job sites too? You know, everybody's busy and distracted. And I find the contractor asked me the same thing three times. So then I know, okay, I've got to follow up this meeting. This has to be in writing. He has to be reminded again and maybe again to make sure that we get this done the way we want it to. I'm not sure what universe it is, but in my universe, we don't just ask someone to do something casually one time and then it happens. We have to prepare them for what we're going to ask them for. We have to put it in writing. We have to remind them. We have to double check. We have to triple check. All of that stuff is below the surface of the water. Clients don't see it. What clients see is, oh, the contractor showed up and knew what he was supposed to do, or the plumber showed up and knew what he or she was supposed to do, right? The clients don't know that I have a contract with my trades. I recently was on a job site last week at a a client's cottage that we're doing, and it's about three and a half hours away from us. So it's not my contractor, it's her contractor. He's a lovely guy, he's wonderful, but the job site is a disaster. It's a hot mess. There's crap everywhere. 
and things are going wrong. And my client said, you know, this just didn't happen on our last project together. And I was like, what? Are you kidding me? I'm like, that's not my contractor. We would never allow for one minute the site to look like this. And she goes, yeah, I thought you guys kept the site clean. And so I said to her, did you know I have a contract with my trades? My trades actually sign a contract that it's their responsibility to keep the site clean. And if they're too busy and they can't manage that, we actually hire construction cleaners to make sure mess is put away and nobody's tripping over things. I know you will really feel this when I tell you two weeks ago, this client was on site at the job and there were some things in the middle of a floor and she fell and got a concussion. And that is unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And that's such a good example of how things can go terribly wrong and you don't think it's a big deal, but you get a few buckets lying around, a bag of grout, a broom over here, and suddenly someone's tripping and falling. So we have systems, protocols, strategies, tools that we use to make sure the job site is clean and organized and neat every day and particularly at the end of the day before the clients come home or in case the clients pop over to see what's going on. Clients don't appreciate that unless they see the opposite, unless they know the opposite. So part of my job is to educate them and remind them when we're on the job site, that's what we do for them. And now I can tell the story to other clients. You know, yes, we are going to hire construction cleaners. Here's what happened to a client of ours on another job site. She actually got a concussion when she fell over something. Imagine as well that this client was litigious or that it happened to one of the trades and they were litigious. Suddenly my business is in jeopardy. So it's not just that we like the aesthetic of a neat and clean job site. It's really important for everyone's health and safety. And it's one of a thousand different systems that we have in place to make sure projects run on time and on budget and everybody feels good about the project by the end of it. We've had so many conversations on this podcast about chasing that photograph, compromising your own boundaries to get that shot for your portfolio or for your website. The fact of the matter is, There is no beautiful magazine cover unless there's also these systems under the surface because I was expert at getting projects 70% completed. That was every project I had the first 10 years I was in business. I'd get about 70% of the way done and then the client would run out of patience, time, money, who knows, and invariably she would go and finish the project herself. And I learned to refer to that as being Canadian fired because they did it in such a kind, gentle way. Oh, Kimberly, we love everything you've done, but we're just going to run out and finish it ourselves. That didn't work for me. So I needed a system that would make sure that never happened again. And I do have that system. It's never happened again. I'm so grateful to say. Reliable, talented, hardworking staff aren't the result of having a goal for those things. They're the result of having systems for hiring, for firing, for task management, job descriptions, overtime, holiday pay, you name it. Hundreds of systems go into creating a reliable team 
who can do the work you don't want to do and help your business thrive and run and be profitable and even enjoyable. We have a culture. We've created a culture of being precise and exact. So for example, such a simple thing, but when someone sends me an email and the subject in the email doesn't match the body of the email, I ask them to send it again because I'm not going to be able to find a reference to the kitchen closet if the email is about an invoice for a light fixture, right? So simple strategies, yes, but they do take time to implement and they take discipline. And we talk about discipline... I would say we talk about discipline more than we talk about any other subject on this podcast. There's just no getting around it. I have to be disciplined all the time. I have to constantly make sure that I'm staying inside the hula hoop I created for myself so my business is safe. I'm not going to rise to the level of my goal. I'm going to fall to the level of my systems. We'll be talking about that a lot in the coming months, and I'm looking forward to BOD Live in September. So if you want to pick up a copy of Atomic Habits and participate in the BOD Live conversation, I think it'll be worthwhile. And to the new member who wants a cheat sheet for the BOD 15, it's the BOD 15. (laughs) Take them all. And more importantly, don't just watch the courses in the program. Implement. I would rather you watch one course and implement what you need to from that course before doing anything else than I would have you binge on all the courses and think you're going to go backwards and implement. As for me, I'm going to start thinking about where do I have goals and how can I replace those goals with a system that's going to get me there. Thanks for spending this time with me. I look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community and supporting BOD's mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. It's time for you to take the next step and join Business of Design. Like thousands of design professionals in 50 countries around the world, you'll find the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to dramatically improve your business and transform your life. What are you waiting for? Start today.